0: Welcome to Conspiracy Dimensions, everyone. Joining me as always are my partners Ralph and Bevo. The topic we're going to be covering this week is actually GMOs, and that's short for genetically modified organisms. And specifically, we're going to be doing this in the agricultural and farming aspect of it. We're going to be covering a lot of stuff on how different companies actually genetically modify crops and some of the damages that that can do this topic was requested by a lot of our friends and listeners in South America and specifically Brazil they had a lot of concerns about this kind of stuff and they wanted us to cover this topic so we're going to do that one of the companies that we're looking a little closer at is going to be Monsanto Monsanto is a chemical company and some people might have heard of them because around the world they make different pesticides well they're also a seed company for a lot of the farmers too So. We'll go ahead and we'll start with on GMOs and the GMOs for modifying things for farming, there's pluses and minuses to this. And the real question is what is the intent? So if you're gonna modify a crop, we've seen this in selective breeding over the years before we started chemically enhancing stuff. And we've done this before. So like corn, if you look back historically was very small and we started doing selective breeding until we got much larger pieces of corn and the stuff that we're familiar with today. And that wasn't a bad thing because what we were doing was We were just integrating it naturally to make a better product so that it had a higher yield of fruit, then it produced more food. That was really all we did it for. The issues come up when companies like Monsanto and others start genetically modifying stuff strictly for their own profit so these companies have done this and over the next you know our, the next hour on the show we'll be discussing some of the things that they've done that are a little more nefarious than uh, just selective breeding because we don't think they have the uh, entire human race in mind and you guys want to go ahead and start in with this yeah
1: i guess i can um throw a few things uh, in i didn't realize uh well i'll go back i'm originally from a country area so um, I know a lot of farmers and I've worked on farms back in the in the younger day and pretty much we're talking in the 80s and 90s that I was doing that and pretty much I've seen these guys and the take-up of things like Roundup, et cetera, and it got to the point where pretty much they couldn't really operate without it. So this has been going on for, you know, 40 years maybe with, say, Roundup, et cetera, but in the research of this Uh, For this show, I didn't realize that Monsanto was actually uh, over 100 years old I think it was 1901 or somewhere around there that it was uh, Was the inception and they've had a A a very, very Wicked trail, if you like They, something else I learned, which I had no idea of, they were actually involved in Helping the US government uh, With uh, procuring their plutonium, I think it was, to get the first nuclear bombs up and running and then, yep. they, then they did uh, Agent Orange, um, which was basically a, a weed killer, but they used that um, extensively in Vietnam, and we all know the result of that. Um, there's been, obviously, Roundup, which is glyphosate, and we don't really know, I guess, it, the, the outcomes of that because it hasn't been around long enough. But another two that were um, very bad was um, PCBs, and ddt and we all probably have heard of both of those and in fact um monsanto was actually uh taken to court over poisoning the people in the factory uh, near the factory where they did the pcbs and they lost that that case and that it cost them 700 million dollars so they've got a long 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 history of producing stuff that's evil, and now they've got their fingers into genetically modifying food, so I don't necessarily know that I want them there, and I don't trust them as far as I could kick them to be... To be blunt. You
0: know, Beville, I want to ask you about that so you said that you were familiar with a lot of the farmers that were using Roundup and that was one of their products that was a pesticide for our listeners uh, you said that they couldn't operate without it and why was that did they find that their crops absolutely had to have that particular spray to yield I think it was
1: more of an economic thing new one but um, previous to sort of weed killers the only way you could sort of do it was continually plow your your fields and plough in between the rows to try and keep the weeds down until the crop got to a point where it would sort of blank out the weeds coming through. And so Roundup was relatively cheap. Um, you know, it didn't require continual labour and then continual fuel and, um, you know, wear and tear on your equipment, etc., etc. et cetera. They could just plant their seed and then spray Roundup before the crop sprouted because we didn't have crop resistant roundup back in the early days Um, that didn't come till later and then obviously as things progressed then they got uh, crop resistant seeds which is a whole another thing Um, so you could actually spray roundup on the crop once it had sprouted yeah
0: gotcha so it was just easier for the farmers to use that product I could see how that would be an advantage to them and how that you know would bring them in and they get them, you know, to say, yeah, I would definitely want to use this product. It's much more uh, efficient. But the problem was nobody knew the effects of this stuff. And like you said, Monsanto has, we have just massive lists of the amount of times they've brought this company to court. And they're constantly getting away with just paying fines. The thing is, there's no... Um, No one's getting in trouble for anything i mean aside from these fines this this is a multi-billion dollar a year business they can afford these fines it's not like they're hurting from it yeah they might not like paying them but it's not stopping them from doing any of the stuff that they're doing so that's a real issue we've seen a ton of these court cases now and you're right they started creating things off to the side like agent orange And that was a waste that was partially trying to figure out how to use a waste product from their chemical plant. And Pat right away should have said to everybody, okay, you're using something that you know is harmful and you're just modifying that to try to use it. And they went ahead and did it anyway. Along with all the like um, shady stuff that they do, I also found one of the reasons these guys don't get in trouble, and this is not going to surprise anyone, is because of the revolving door politics. They have a long history of when they don't get their way, they will take one of their uh, company, high up company corporate members, and they will just insert them right into a position into a government agency that is giving them trouble. Now, I found this and this should be raise red flags for everybody i found that over the last 20 years they have had 15 different corporate employees move from a private sector of monsanto into the head of a government agency just to pass the laws and as soon as their year was up they went right back to monsanto yeah it's and now these guys were protected
1: yeah, no, it's insidious. I mean, w- we can draw parallels with the financial system too, you know. It, it just becomes a cost of doing business new one. They, you know, they, they've got their P&L and, w- and one of the light ons in that P&L is litigation. And so the cost is built in So and they don't care. And you're right, no one goes to jail, no one gets in trouble. I mean, look at the 08 financial crisis, mate, all that that happened. No one went to jail, it was a joke. So just, it's interesting, like, the FDA, with with the GMOs, the FDA have said, no, nah, we're not going to regulate this because uh, it's nothing to do with us. I don't know how it isn't, but they're saying it isn't. And they're saying we're going to leave all that up to Monsanto.
0: And I actually found the answer to that. So what happened was, let me see if I can just get, you said it was the FDA that did that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so... This was Margaret Miller. She was a chemical lab supervisor for Monsanto and then moved to the department director of the FDA and HFS and then passed a law that said the FDA is not allowed to investigate the stuff that Monsanto was doing because it's out of the Food and Drug Administration's jurisdiction because it's a chemical issue and they are a chemical company because she was the chemical lab supervisor. And so she passed that rule. And then as soon as that was done, that was back during uh, Bush Sr. and Clinton era. And then she just went right back to working as a chemical supervisor at Monsanto.
1: Yeah, and another guy was uh, Michael Taylor, and he was formerly a uh, a lawyer or attorney with um, Monsanto. Um, and so he then got put into the FDA and was in charge of policy. <laughs> and, and then once all that had been created and they had their framework put back into, you know, it was inside the FDA, he came back to Monsanto and became their vice president under the... Um, Obama administration so that essentially um put Monsanto in charge of our food going forward simple as that
0: and that's really the thing you know is when you're talking about companies doing stuff like this we've covered a few topics where people are doing things that are really um you know detrimental to some of the citizens of their own country and we've covered topics like that before but the issue that i really have with the monsanto issue is you're screwing with the food chain here. And one of their tactics that I noticed uh, that people were complaining about was cross pollination. So you would have a farmer that would have a certain amount of fields and he's growing this one particular strain of vegetables but they don't want him to grow that. So they would purchase all the surrounding area and they would plant all of their stuff there just to cross-pollinate into his territory to change what he is actually growing so they don't even have to force these guys they can actually just do it in a real sneaky way the thing is we've seen issues of almost like <clears throat> one of the uh articles that ralph brought up uh, highlighted the uh, irish potato famine and that was a really good one you know if you keep growing the same thing over and over again there are a million different types of any vegetable fruit out there that you can grow, but we're using only the ones that sell the best. The thing is, if you keep screwing with them, you might lose that strain. And we've done this before. I was talking earlier with someone where we had a particular strain of bananas that we used about 50 years ago that we died, that died off, and we don't have any of the seed left, so we don't use them. The ones that we get today were the runners up for the second best, and we're planting just those over and over. And now we're, we're looking at another extinction on these. So in 10, 20 years, we're not going to have the same bananas because we will essentially have killed them off also.
1: Yeah, I'm looking for these
0: guys are pushing that agenda like crazy. And it's all for profit.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the straight banana, mate. I mean, that's got to be coming, doesn't it, to, uh, to to lessen your freight costs. Yeah, get everything packed square. Yeah, looking for, looking for straight bananas and square tomatoes, mate. It's coming.
0: Square tomatoes. Actually, I don't know if you saw this. It just has a joke on the side, but uh, there are people who are growing square watermelons now. If you put them when they're small into a box, they'll actually maintain <laughs> the shape of the box. It's easier to cut that way, but it's actually not hurting them too much. Uh One of the other things that Monsanto does was they have a thing that they call patent infringement. To give our listeners an idea of some of the tactics they use, they don't allow people to keep seeds that they've purchased past one season. So if a farmer wants to keep a seed that they purchased, a a batch of seed that they purchased from Monsanto to use after in the next season, they're not allowed to do that. And they also can't use seeds from the crop that they grew themselves to plant the next season. So this is another profit-driven tactic where they will sue you for patent infringement. And they've won this case before. So now here's another. And again, this is all business, but you're messing with
2: the food chain. Yeah. And to, to show what they did, like uh, when there were farmers in uh, the States, which did not want to buy the Monsanto uh, seeds, they uh, simply planted a, a, a field nearby with their seeds and then through uh, um, the, the wind the seeds got to the other uh, field of the farmer who did not want to sell, and uh, so Monsanto then went there and said, like, look, you use our seeds. Pay
0: for it. <laughs> Meanwhile, it. it was them planting it in the field next to them.
1: Yeah, yes. and, and interestingly enough, uh, corn, for example, um, when those tassels are doing their thing <clears throat> and pollinating, that can actually be carried they've done um, tests up to 500 kilometers
0: holy cow so you don't yeah, have so to buy. there really isn't any getting away from this
1: yeah you just have to buy a couple of farms up windmate and you can destroy a whole swath of farmland oh, and, and whatever yeah, that Monsanto,
2: is Monsanto then sued those farmers and they won all the cases
1: yeah there, there Every was one, one of them there was one <laughs> there was one particular guy it was a Canadian guy it was uh, Percy Schmeiser I mean, he must be one of your cousins Ralph um, <clears throat> and he was trying to grow without Monsanto seeds And he was spraying round up on his crop and whatever Or around some poles or thinking, or something like that And he noticed that this food, or these plants, didn't die So he said, that's got to be, you know, GMO stuff So he's, he's had it tested and it's uh, GMO And it got into his crops And uh, as you have already said, um. Monsanto took him to court and they actually they actually won and but the court didn't award any damages but the interesting thing is is how we haven't stood up to Monsanto because you've got this organic certification well the body that um, certis, certis, certifies your farmers organic have, are now accepting that you can have up to X amount um, of GMO, modified um, plants within your crop and still be labeled as gmo uh, gmo and it's
0: still be organic and you know what you want to bet where that came from i'm willing to bet they had a hand in that i will say uh, during the research on this i found and this was um i believe that it was well it was happening in europe because one of the um uh things that was happening at the time and I'm not sure if it was Britain or not The the and France the um the patent use or or whatever however the 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 legal the legal ability to use Roundup was coming up to its end so they were trying to get it renewed so that the farmers could still use it but the problem is by that time So many people had complained and they had court cases that they had lost to show that the insecticide actually was harmful, that they felt that they weren't going to get the renewal for those countries in Europe. So they actually put a task force together uh, with them at the head of it and something like 20 of the largest seed manufacturers in the world to Dr all the science that they could so that they could bring a counter case to this and say no all your scientific studies are wrong we have our own scientists that have a you know quote proof that this is not going to be harmful to anyone meanwhile it wasn't you know it doesn't work like what we think it works like it's not science the way we think of it. it is they're manipulating these reports so they hired a few hundred of these guys and these reports have to be peer-reviewed so you have one guy that writes a review that says nope this stuff is totally harmless it's absolutely fine and they just pass it around to all the other guys and say hey sign this and say you did a peer review so now it gets published and that's the only information that people have to go by meanwhile the original You know, scientists who didn't have any, you know, strings attached to any side who did the honest to God experiments on this stuff said, No, this stuff is really harmful to people. And we're just letting you know this now.
1: Yeah, I think um, what you're talking about there came um, in response to uh, a study that the UK government set up. and, And this was in the mid 90s. And what they did was they set up this experiment. And they wanted to get all the information they could so that they could set the framework for, for Europe um, in regards to GMOs. And there was this doctor called uh, Aprad Puzatsi, I think he was Pustay or something his name was. Anyway, he was the world-leading expert in his field and they, they set up um, labs for it. And what they did was they, they got uh, a normal potato and they got a potato, a normal potato that was... Uh, had the insecticide and then they got a GMO potato and you know in the experiments the lab rats the only ones that got sick were the ones that ate GMO food and obviously we can't have this because that would have been the end of the GMO and the rules going into Europe would have been you know no good and so after 35 this guy worked for the UK government for 35 years after 35 years he was fired the, yeah, as a result of the pressure from Monsanto. He, ah. he, he
2: yeah, there's, f- there's, there's, there's this story about Roundup. Uh, that uh, Roundup, um, uh, to, to get the, the approval for it, they uh, bribed the laboratory and so-called independent laboratory, which did the tests for the FDA. Or, and uh, they approved Roundup with crooked numbers. Already, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and uh, uh, when when this all came up, uh, there were of course uh, um, thoughts to for to take roundup f- of the market, but at this point, um, uh, Monsanto dominated the market so much already that it was impossible. So they they simply said like, okay, this like this, we have to accept it.
0: That is unbelievable, man. And again, this is all part of the food chain. There was another thing that I I caught them, you know, I caught a while ago that they were doing. they were before they started actually genetically modifying the seeds at like the cellular level. These guys were coating seeds with stuff. And when farmers were, this is a while back, when farmers were getting them, they had people that would come over called seed washers. And these guys would have big trucks that would have a either a water basin or a chemical in it that would strip the Monsanto um, GMO-style chemicals off the outside of the seeds before they planted it. They sued those guys, too. Again, for patent infringement.
1: It's insane. It's insane. They, they, these guys can't be in control of their food, man. It's not going to end well, hey? Um,
0: no, not at all. Not did, at did, all. And, you know, it, it, at some point in time, they got to say, hey, man, this is, you know, it, it, when we start seeing massive die-offs and stuff like that, I mean, they got to start saying at some point, hey, this is crazy. I mean, we're already at the point. Where around the world we have people who are, you know, seed savers because we see that there's a good chance we're going to start losing our cash crops, which are the ones that we use. You know, I knew a farmer who had an avocado farm and there was like 40 different kinds of avocados. The thing is, only two of them sold. So even though you had all these different ones, which were great, there was only two that was actually making him any money. So we really could use the diversity on this stuff and stop just focusing on the absolute one kind that makes the most money. Because again, it's the food chain, man, and we keep messing with this, we'll eventually be left with stuff that might not be favorable to actually, you know, human survival.
1: Yeah, and it's going to be. It's good to see that we're waking up and people are trying to push the organic barrow, um, and also, you know, the seed saving side of it. Uh, because this figure blew me away, 90% of Canadian and American crops are now produced by genetic modification. And 95% of those are modified so that they can survive um, chemical sprays.
0: Oh, man, that is an outrageous number. I had no idea it was that high. You know what I did know? Actually, Ralph, you had brought this up in one of your notes. I had seen this a while ago, and the argument that they one of the arguments that they were using on what for justifying what they were doing was they were saying you know we're doing this to help the crops grow and produce a better yield and make more food the thing is I we really know that that's a Country to country. And what I mean by that is not that the food is going bad or we're recycling it or anything along those lines, but we're actually destroying the end product because we didn't sell it. The thing is, if we brought the prices down, we could sell it. Again, it's all about the amount of money. The other thing that we're having is in the United States, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but They they say this is for an extreme emergency, which at the time they started this rule, it might have been. But the government goes around and tells farmers every year how much of their harvestable crops they have to destroy. So there's a percentage of their crop that they know that they're not going to be able to sell. And the reason they're doing that is they're saying, well, we're using that as a percentage of how much can we grow, still sustain you know, the supermarkets, yet if we have a major emergency, we still have a little bit extra that if we need to use it, we can use it. And the farmers get aggravated because they're losing profits. And at the same time, on the back end, after everything hits the shelves, <clears throat> we're losing thirty to forty percent of our finished product. So these guys like Monsanto and these seed companies—they're not doing this <clears throat> to make more food for everybody and make you know the the agricultural economy better. They're doing it straight for profit. There's no question about that.
1: Yeah, I mean it's, it, it's
2: a lot of the stuff they grow uh, is for fuel for cars and. Um, Whatever side products, uh, like animal food and so on, um, a lot does not even come to the supermarket of this, uh, what is produced with uh, Monsanto seeds, like high fructose corn syrup. Yeah.
1: Disgusting.
2: Yeah. You know, Ralph, actually, I I know that there
0: was a big stir about that in the U.S. a few years ago. Do you know anything about that? I know that people say that it's not good. and. I remember watching a commercial, believe it or not, here in the U.S., Ron, Monsanto ran commercials promoting itself. And I remember one where there was a woman that started off the commercial saying, you know, whether it's corn corn syrup or uh, cane sugar, your body doesn't know the difference. And that was their campaign on the high fructose corn syrup for a while. What exactly was the dangers on that, Ralph?
2: Uh... I cannot... Uh, give
0: me a second, I will check. Sure, uh, sure, sure. Because I know that was a big stink here for a little while. And uh, <clears throat> I I remember Monsanto also at one time, they were getting such backlash from the US public. They had lost all these court cases. They brought up another commercial where they were showing all of these people who were obviously actors, but they were supposed <laughs> to be the... Uh, the heart of America, the the farmers of America, and they were all saying how happy they were with Monsanto. And, you know, they were on their side. And I remember them running that campaign for a while because these guys were really getting the spotlight put on them. And uh, now, you know, (laughs) I think the rest of the world is kind of waking up to this. I mean, we know it here. Unfortunately, there's not much we can do about it because of their political backing.
1: Yeah, it's a secular Economy that they've got running, Um, as I'd said before, like ninety-five percent of the the seeds are genetically modified to withstand the chemicals that they're using, and of course they make the chemicals, and then they're not letting you. Um, save your seeds, or they've genetically modified the seeds so that when the plant, if you did let it go to seed, it doesn't have any uh, reproductive organs as such, so the seeds loses anyway, so they've got that sewn up as well. So every year, you have to go back to Monsanto, you've got to buy the seed, and then you've got to run away, and you've got to buy the chemical, and then you harvest it, and then you... Rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. You know,
0: actually, Bevo, I I ran into that one also, just so our listeners know. These guys have mastered a way to sell you seed that only fruits once per season, and that will be it for the rest of the plant's life. So that's like having an apple tree that only makes apples once, and then you have to cut it down and start over again.
2: In the end, they use the seeds to promote their chemicals. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's the point why they sell their seeds.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, producing the seeds and getting that, that's a the profit margin on that's probably not that good compared to chemicals, mate. I mean, they make this shit yeah. up. Chemicals is yeah, their they, bread and butter.
2: Yes, you have to constantly use it. It's not that you do it like once a month and then it's okay. They, they spray all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's a continuous mo- uh, like money stream. For them and you know I watched one of the other videos with these guys and I saw the girl who was hosting the video the reporter they actually had her in one of their labs showing how they do this and what it reminded me of being that we're talking about GMOs in general I remember a long time ago finding some information where they you know we talked a while back and it was a hot topic about uh, putting hormones into animals and there was a lot of this going on with chickens and then there was a thing where they were saying that our chickens are never injected with hormones and that was a big deal everybody said okay that's much better because we don't want that kind of stuff in these chickens the thing is is that they got in trouble because what they were doing was they were injecting the hormones into the egg while it was maturing so that this way they could say the chickens never got actually injected with hormones but the eggs did so when i watched this special with this female reporter on monsanto they brought her into one of the labs they apparently (coughs) are very good at modifying soy and it's one of their larger crops so what they were doing was they were taking modified soy products and Actually, injecting different plants with needles, to with the soy to um, what do they call it? I can't think of what they call when they make a hybrid like that. Grafting them together. When they graft them together, so that this way the plant actually has all of their stuff in it introduced artificially, and they're watching how that will work. They actually gave her the needle to do it too. These guys are so ingrained in this that they don't see a problem of doing this where you're saying okay we're going to take all this crazy modifications we don't even have to learn how to do it for every different species of plant we just have to do it really good with the soy and we can graft that plant into a ton of other ones and it'll do the work for us
1: yeah, there's another instance of that, um, which I followed, and that was, and we'll, we'll call it the frankenfish. They genetically modified a salmon, and the salmon that was genetically modified with the same amount of um, food input was three to four times larger than the uh, natural salmon. Holy cow. And okay. yeah, it's insanity, mate. Um but the the scary thing is these salmon they get so hungry and they're voracious eaters what they're doing is if you don't feed them enough they start eating the young and oh, really? there's a major concern that you know if if these frankenfish get into the natural uh, habitat look out because they'll just wipe out the natural fish and then we're going yeah. to be destined to be eating genetically modified um fish or in salmon at least and then god knows what might does a salmon have a sex with a fucking tuna and we end up with something you know who knows yeah. mate? it just something goes it, really
0: weird it just goes <laughs> you know, there was,
1: it just goes on there,
0: there was another thing and if any of our listeners have actually gone to places where They have just natural fruit and vegetables and it's not something that they bought from a company or corporation i've personally been in uh, areas where there were apple trees and peach trees that i remember that were just absolutely natural they had always been well as long as the person remembered they had always been there the fruits grow much smaller than they do from the ones that you get from the supermarket and the thing is, they're also packed with a hell of a lot more nutrients. So one of the things that these companies are doing is they're learning how to grow these fruits that are much, much larger. So you're paying more for the amount of weight that it costs. And they're supposed to look better and they you know, don't have the uh, inconsistencies on them that natural fruits will the thing is is that they don't have the taste and the reason they don't do that is because they're learning how to grow the flesh of the fruit but what they're not doing is putting any more nutrients into the fruit and the issue with that is you're getting fruits that when you eat them they're not nutrient rich so your body can eat a gmo apple and it's filling your stomach but you're you're artificially full and you haven't gotten the nutrients that that apple would give you compared to one that's almost a little bit bigger than a golf ball and it has all the same amount of nutrients yet your stomach still has room for everything else so it's almost like starving yourself while you're eating because the food itself (laughs) doesn't
2: have the nutrients that your body needs i i we've got uh, apple trees in the garden as well The apples are like you said; they are not as big as, uh, for example, the ones you get in the supermarket, but much more tasty. And I talked to the guy which runs uh, a supermarket and asked, uh, "What is it like? My apples—they look ugly compared to yours, but they taste better and they are smaller." And and he said, "Like it's easy uh, if you ask or if you go what the customer buys—it's size over taste."
0: it is it really is you know i had a job that i worked at where one of the uh people that worked there had an orange tree in his yard and it was all natural and i eat oranges pretty frequently and while we were there he brought a bunch of them in and i went into the office and he goes hey i brought a bunch of oranges if you want to have one i said yeah sure again they're small they're ugly you know in america ralph believe it or not the orange manufacturer, the growers out here, have a spray that they mix with their insecticides that are actually a bright orange color. So there are times where you can buy oranges in the U.S. And if you rub them hard enough, they have dye on them and you'll see it on your hands. <laughs> but uh, they. uh m- my buddy said, Here, try one of these oranges. It was the greatest orange. I had been eating oranges every week for years. It was the greatest thing I'd ever tasted. I went out to back out to where I was working and I told my coworker, I said, Do me a favor, go in the office and eat one of those oranges. And he goes, really, I go, just, just do it. Just trust me on this. He goes in there and he comes back out and he goes, holy crap. It's like, I've never eaten an orange before in my whole life. I go, no shit, right? Because the garbage that we're getting at the grocery store, you're right, is they're buying with their eyes. And they you know, how does it look? And how big is the item itself? And there's no nutrients in it. And it doesn't taste good in any way.
1: And you can probably lay blame back to <clears throat> the large supermarket chains for that because they, they've, you know, years and years been putting pressure on um, the food industry. You know, I don't want your manky apples or your your blemished tomatoes because my customers don't like it. So that forces, um, or, and not forces, that gives uh, people like Monsanto um, the incentive to go away and yeah. make it look like, a perfect tomato every time regardless that i don't think i've tasted a tomato that tastes like a tomato for 20 years mate they're you know um it's just
0: disgusting really bad you know actually i wanted to ask ralph about that because he had that on one of our previews we were talking about the tomatoes and when he was taught he was talking about purple tomatoes i've actually had the rosso bruno tomatoes and they were really good they were <laughs> an incredibly well-balanced amount of seed to amount of flesh, and they're the purple color. The taste was pretty good, but Ralph, I wanted to know, uh, what was it that were no good about these purple tomatoes? I'm just curious. Did you come up with anything
2: like that? Um, they're, they're GMO tomatoes. So they're not Simply. actually
0: heirlooms like we think.
2: Simple as, the, But they are very healthy. Um, uh, This is an example of where uh, GMO uh, might be useful, but uh, it's completely different than uh, how uh, uh, Monsanto uses it. Monsanto uses GMO to make money, they are not interested in the food. What uh, was done with the purple tomatoes was uh, at, at the university, um, they took uh, genes from snapdragons and uh, uh, put them into the tomatoes to uh, make them more healthy. Oh, okay. So they did not want to make them bigger or resistant to uh, uh, fungus or, or whatever. It was just that they wanted to add something that the tomato uh, uh, gets even healthier than it is okay because i actually like the purple tomatoes i don't know if i should
0: stop eating them or not so out of all the gmos they're probably not the worst ones out there
2: yeah no but- this is one of the few examples where it worked but most of the examples are, are really a disaster like, yeah <laughs> uh, yeah monsanto with the gmo cotton ruined uh, in India or is, is uh, about to ruin the cotton industry. India was uh, one of the biggest uh, cotton producer in the world. And uh, now they are on number 31 uh, in the world. That's right producers. now? That's happening now? At the moment, yeah. Because they all switched to, to a Monsanto cotton, which is resistant to some uh, bugs and, and whatever. And but the problem it caused that uh, now they need more money for pesticides. It. Like I said, you have to spray all the time and all this stuff, and uh, it it ruined uh, or they are not competitive anymore. And uh, and now, like I said, in the in the ranking of the cotton producers worldwide, they are only on uh, place 31. And the funny thing is that. Uh, uh those 30 in front of them, there are 10 countries which don't use GMO cotton at all. Oh, and they're ahead of them. Yes. something else you know Ralph actually along the
0: lines of that I ran into something a while back where there was a person that was part of the intelligence agencies in the US that was talking about some of the tactics that they used to kind of strong-arm some of the smaller countries and one of them was actually in agriculture and what they would do being that you brought up cotton was they would go to smaller countries and say, you know what guys, Uh, you guys make some pretty decent cotton, we're gonna give you a decent price for it. So they would buy these tiny countries cotton and they would wait a little while and they'd pay way over the amount that was necessary but it would get all the farmers to start changing their crops into what was making money. They would get them to stop growing food for that particular country. They would get them all to buy cotton or grow cotton. They would buy it at a really high rate. And then one day when they realized that the country itself couldn't grow enough food to feed its own population, they would stop buying the cotton. And then the country would be in trouble and they would say, well, look, you know, we want all these laws passed. We want your government to do whatever we say. We want the people we want in office and we want you to play ball with us. So you have two choices. You can either all starve to death or you can buy our food, our seeds, and we'll start buying that cotton back. But we're going to do it at a much lower price now.
2: That's a similar thing, which, uh, at the moment, happens in Africa. It's, they did it uh, down there? It's uh, not the CIA, but uh, even, uh, like, the Gates Foundation. They go to poor countries in Africa, where the people are starving, and they come with GMO uh, uh, seats and say, like, yeah, this is uh, your future. Uh, this will help you out of starvation. And as they don't have much alternatives, because uh-huh. most of the countries are broken uh, as well, they, with open arms, they they uh, welcome them. Yeah, and it's
0: totally taken advantage of these smaller countries. They're, no, they're not there to help them. They're there to, to you know, just make them... You know, uh, subservient to these guys. Yeah, they are not doing it, it to benefit the country.
1: It's straight out of the IMF playbook. <clears throat> when you know, yeah. when you compare it yeah. to the, the monetary system, so um, it's th- it's the same playbook, and we've been doing it for years and years. Um, so something that we should probably touch on, I think, is uh, we we've been talking about GMO, but we haven't talked about why it's bad or why you know there's two sides of the camp you know the one that says it's going to kill us and the other camp that says you know this is good for humanity we're going to get better food production and yada yada but we actually haven't discussed um why it's bad and from my understanding and is when we genetically modify a plant then when we eat those modified genes our genes in our gut and the rest of our body then change and it happens to you while you're living, so our genes actually change. And then the bugs that eat the plants, if they haven't been killed by the pesticide, um, they're getting eaten. You know, in the animal food chain, which ends up going, you know, into the food that we eat, as in meats, as well as the the cows and etc. Are also eating genetically modified uh, corn. So we're getting a double whammy. We we we're getting it from everywhere, and then we ended up with, we end up with changed genes. And a few of the studies that I've seen, and I mentioned that guy before, um, the English uh, professor that got sacked because he, you know did the tests. Well, some of the things that were happening to these rats are like um, their testicles were blue, not pink. Um, Some didn't have testicles, some were they couldn't reproduce after, they had liver cancers, and it just goes on and on and on and on. And this is the part that scares me. We don't really know the ramifications of eating this GMO food, or perhaps we do. I mean, how many people are allergic to peanuts? Um, That was not a thing when I was a kid, you know?
2: Yeah, What's allergies are a good example because yeah. uh, they skyrocketed in, in the last uh, decades.
1: <clears throat> and so that could just be the tip of the iceberg, you know. Uh, you know, have we? Yeah,
2: if if you look at uh, insect resistance, that uh, the, the first uh, insects create resistance to uh, Roundup and pesticides, not Roundup, to to uh, 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 so <laughs> that's if if we've got resistant bugs. How do we want to fight them?
0: More chemicals. Yeah, so
2: now you've just built a tougher bug.
1: Yeah, so yes. you could have even more harsh chemicals. Um, and, and the other thing that spraying um, <clears throat> Roundup does, uh, along, you know, which is um, an adjunct to the, the genes being modified, is it actually, and they said that it didn't way back in the day, but it does, it's been proven now it affects the soil. It, it locks up microbes and does all sorts of stuff to the soil and almost it makes It creates this,
2: dead zones.
1: Yeah, it, the, the soil ends up becoming benign. And, you, you know, to get anything out of it, you can plant something that's been modified even further, but then you also have to add more chemicals to get it yeah, to grow. Yeah,
2: in, in, in on that, it is such fields, nothing is growing but the seeds from Monsanto when you use Roundup all the time.
0: Yeah. No, so uh, just their product will grow. That, that,
2: that was the problem at the beginning uh, when the farmers used Roundup before the Roundup-ready seeds were were there. They <coughs> could only use the Roundup before they planted their seeds because uh, uh, when they planted their seeds and they used Roundup, nothing was growing on the field anymore, huh. which was, of course, a little bit a downer. And that's why uh, uh, Monsanto... Uh, We're putting a lot of money and effort into the GMO uh, sector to create those seeds. So that these guys had something to buy. And you know, Bello,
0: also I wanted to touch on something you said for our listeners. If anybody's interested in this topic and wants to go a little bit further, you can look up something called the Monsanto Papers. And there is a lot of information behind that. One of the things that came up in this was we found out that with all of the twisted things that these guys were doing, they were <laughs> saying publicly, well, there is no proof that any of this stuff is really bad. We, we don't have any actual evidence that this is really bad. Meanwhile, they found corporate documents where these guys were talking about this all the time. And again, All they did was get fined, and now it's getting harder and harder to bring these guys to court or dig up any information on them. So what you said, Bev, was with eating this stuff, yeah, we might not know the effects because it hasn't been long term, but the scary part of it is these guys wouldn't care one bit if it did. They would have no problem feeding this stuff to us. And saying absolutely oh there's no evidence and then it, trying to cover it up and even if they did get caught they just get hit with another fine but now you have you know millions of sick people whose actual dna has been modified because their genes have changed
1: yeah the fine doesn't affect the um ceo's bonus might say so doesn't give a shit.
2: Nope. no no they uh, they they pay slowly they, they don't pay immediately, they uh, lost, uh, I mean, now it's uh, owned by Bayer, so buyer has to pay, the, the German company, but Monsanto lost, uh, or lost, they had 100,000 uh, court cases because of Roundup in the United States, and uh, they all did it uh, with a deal outside of the court, and they paid uh, 10 billion US, or they settled it for 10 billion uh, US dollars, And so far, not one cent is (laughs) So they settled out of court on an amount,
0: but they still haven't started paying it
2: yet. No, not one cent. (laughs) Unbelievable,
0: man. And you know, Ralph, actually, that was one of the other things that I wanted to bring up because it was more of a recent development. I believe it was 2016, Ralph, but I'm not sure if it was. You're right. Bayer, which is what we're familiar with in the West as the aspirin company, They're the ones who just purchased Monsanto. And I did a little bit of curious digging on those guys. They're another company that everybody should be looking at and going, hey, you know what? We just took the dirtiest agriculture company And sold it to the dirtiest pharmaceutical company we could find for our listeners who don't know Bayer was actually one of the original companies from IG Farben IG Farben was it was a great idea it was just for the wrong reasons it was a very large German chemical corporation so it was this massive laboratory everybody under one roof and they were just constantly coming up with different ideas and different ways to do things on a chemical level. Great idea, but the problem was is it started getting weaponized really bad. And Bayer has an incredibly bad history of little secrets that they have here and there. They were giving um they were cutting corners on some of their medicines where they were giving medicine for people who had hemophilia and they knew that it was giving these patients AIDS and they just went on with it bear was responsible for things like mustard gas back in world war one they uh had even worse gases after that they were part of the development crew that made zyklon b zyklon b was the gas that the nazis were gassing the people in the concentration camps with and they were the ones who started putting that together so you already had a chemical company that was designed for weapons with IG Farben. When the war was over, that company broke up. One of the splinters from that was Bayer, and Bayer just continued to do stuff like this, and now they they own Monsanto. I've got so one. I, I can't think of a worse <laughs> wedding for corporations than this when it comes to just our basic food.
1: Uh, given the name of this uh, podcast, I've got one for you and it, it's maybe not worse but it's up there so there's a company a californian that well there was a, a californian biotech company called Episite, and what they did was they developed and produced a gene uh, which causes both men and women um, to become sterile when they eat it so you can put this gene you can put this gene into food or into f- into drinks or whatever and so if the, if the men eat the epicyte genes, they produce antibodies um, to their own sperm. So you're still producing sperm, but then the antibodies kill it. And if you have sex um, in the, and the female has eaten it, uh, the antibodies in her system attack the sperm and kill it. And so what happened was this, this God knows why you would want this, uh, apart from we'll get to that in a bit anyway, in, in my thoughts. But guess who shows up on the doorstep? Monsanto, and guess who they partner? <laughs> and guess who they partner oh, with? Man. Dupont, and so these two uh, behemoths got together um, as a joint venture and purchased the Epicite firm. So now we've got Dupont and Monsanto in control of what I consider to be a weapon. Now, just imagine if you wanted to leak that into the uh, water supply or the food supply of um, your enemy, you could. You know, slowly eradicate them, or what about if you were struggling to feed your own people, um, and you wanted to dumb down your population? Wouldn't this be a good way? The silent, yeah. the silent killer. I mean, wh- I just can't get out of my head. Why the fuck does Dupont and Monsanto want to buy a gene that stops people reproducing? It can yeah. only be nefarious, and it was probably under instruction from the government, mate. So we need to, we need to get this in-house so that we can uh, work on that and use it as a as a weapon like y- you mentioned the word weapon before new one but i i can see that this gene is nothing but a weapon in different forms it's uh it blows yeah, my what blows me away
2: uh, you but you you have to create a vector like a virus some kind of virus for it to uh, get to implant the, the gene into a human organism yeah to spread it around yes you know actually ralph you know I, I, you're right bevo as
0: far as weaponizing this we're not we don't have to we can look at one of the conspiracies that is one of the larger ones that people talk about population control so it doesn't matter what government you are or what company you are it seems like the final focus for that for this group that this you know what that one percent that seems to be pulling the strings of the whole world what it looks like is they would rather have a very few amount of people on the planet that are very easily manipulated and controllable the problem is is we produce at an incredibly fast rate so there's always the thought that they're trying to slim down the population almost like a culling but the problem is it's very expensive to do it through wars and disease and famine it just doesn't it's not cost effective and it's very difficult to do but what if you could make it so that people couldn't reproduce as quickly and actually i saw a show called utopia where that was the main objective of the show and it was a drama series but it came out right before covid and they were saying that they faked a virus on the show anyway They faked a virus and told everybody it was much worse than what it was in order to give everybody a vaccine. And the vaccine didn't kill anybody, but what it was able to do was it was able to stop them from reproducing for a few generations. So I can imagine that that company that you were talking about, Bevo, that that's why dupont monsanto would show up is because again they're part of that that small really terrible group that's pulling strings saying you know what we don't have to go around killing a bunch of people if we could figure out a way how to sterilize everybody and then you know just say oh it's it's natural or it's you know it's just happens to be happening to the human race there you go. There's a way to call the you know call the population without having to hurt anybody and putting yourself in the spotlight. So yeah, I agree with you, Bev. I, I can definitely see why they would want something like that. So I'm going
1: to draw another bow on that. <clears throat> Our current system is that we have to have uh, population growth, and if we're not doing it naturally, then the governments various around the world. Uh, Ramp up the immigration and the reason that we do that is to support the Ponzi fiat system And that is you need another crop of people under the current taxpayers To fund them as they get older and move through the system and you you keep needing to replace the bottom line of the triangle So that's got to get broader and broader and broader. So If that's how we all work now But on the other hand you want to reduce the population what happens then? well, is that what we're talking about when the WEF starts talking about uh, one currency, etc.? the big reset? I think it's all tied together, and it's probably a yeah. show that we could do down the track to see how all these different conspiracies are starting to converge and paint a picture of what's actually happening and what they're trying to do to us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know what? That would be a good show because we're looking at all of these things and we're highlighting where it's coming from, but they're all part of one giant plan. And if we really start drawing lines together and connecting dots on this, it's that plan starts to look more and more obvious. And you're right. The Great Reset, that book by Charles Schwab uh, Schwab from the World Economic Forum that one really outlines exactly what these people want. It's gotten to the point where they're powerful enough where they don't have to keep hiding in the shadows anymore. They can say, hey, look, this is the best way we're going to do it. Well, it's good for them. It just sucks for the whole rest of the world.
1: I can't believe how many people I speak to that don't even know who the WEF is, never Mm -hmm. alone what they're trying to achieve. It's disgusting. Do you know know the members? Have you ever been to the WEF website and seen who some of the members are now? People like Bill Gates and... um, You know and the like with that much money they're all part of that now i mean i'm just yeah actually um,
0: i away. ran into something else where they have a tendency of calling them shareholders now this is off topic but we talk pretty consistently about uh cbdc's the central bank digital currencies and if you look they're trying to release a retail and a wholesale and they say the wholesale the retail will be for everybody, but the wholesale CBDCs are going to be for shareholders. The thing is, they never actually define what a shareholder is on that. But yet, if you look, the time that that's used the most is for members of the WEF. So they call them shareholders. And if you look over time, you know, Bevo, not only are these the people <clears throat> that are already, uh, you know um have a lot of money or or well connected or influential people but there are times where they're actually bringing people in because they think that they've made a lot of money or have a lot of influence i believe at one point in time i think it was brian armstrong from coinbase was actually approached by them and he either did become a member or was uh sitting in on some of their meetings and coinbase is a fairly recent company but it got He got enough money and it got popular enough. He had enough sway over people where they wanted him in the fold because what they don't want is somebody getting very, very powerful outside of their group. So anytime somebody climbs up the chain, I think, uh, what's his name? Zuckerberg from Facebook, I think is part of the WEF at this point. And going back a few years back, he wasn't.
1: Jeff Bezos is as well, I think. Um, Yeah. And did Elon, he just hired an ex-WEF, lady she's now the ceo or whatever of twitter Uh, yes
0: dude dude it's coming so i think we see where all this is coming from actually so all these conspiracies that we talk about every week you know we can see each one of their parts in this big plan and i think it's safe to say the great reset is what that larger plan is and if you look all of these companies and these people we can constantly track them, always back to the World Economic Forum to some degree.
2: You can see it with the seed banks. Uh, Jeff Bezos, who is a member there, uh, he invested $17 billion into a seed bank. Into a seed bank. Yeah, and, and that's connection and again to all this Monsanto shit and so on. And he's a retailer.
0: I mean, he's not an agro, yeah. agro guy you know what I mean he doesn't work in agriculture to any degree he's a warehouser and a retailer I mean that's it Hmm. so yeah I think it's safe to say that in that area you got to look at when guys start doing stuff like that and saying all right you know what you're not in agriculture and you're you know funding that much money into seed banks you have some other ulterior motive for this you're not you're definitely not being a humanitarian you'd pay your people a hell of a lot better if you were yeah,
1: well, listen, guys, we've been um, banging on here for a, for a good hour, and I think we've sort of rounded out the show. We we talked about you know the, what the show advertised, and then we started to morph in and see some other connections. So I think that's probably a good place to end, and it gives gives us something to look at going forward to to try and continue to join the dots and if anybody in the audience there or anybody listening to this at a later point just contact us and uh, we'll put it on the list and and do some research and, and try and get back to you but i'd like to thank uh, new one and ralph for for showing up today and uh, everybody in the audience, thanks for coming um and i guess hopefully we'll see you guys uh, same time uh next week thanks bye for now